hi everyone and welcome to Talking In Stations. I'm not Maddle, I'm Reva. Uh, Maddle is on vacation this week. Joining us this week we have a very special guest, CCP Quant, and I will just go around and introduce all the other guests first. So we have Dirk McGurk, freshly recovered from last night's Open Comms show with the anime special. So hi Dirk. Hey, good morning. We also have Tiberius Stargazer, uh, Eventy and Dice member. Good afternoon. Hey. We have Lockfox with uh, the Graph Pond from Eve Prosper. Hey, thanks for having me on. And we have Caleb Orania. Say hi, Caleb. Hey, guys. And we also have our very special guest today, CCB Quant. Hey, guys. Pleasure to be here. So today's show is going to be about the economy in Eve because that's what CCB Quant deals with mostly. Um, we've just had last week the monthly economic report come out, but before we get into that, we're going to start with talking a bit more with CCB Quant. So if you could just introduce us yourself and tell us uh, what you do at CCB. Yes, uh, I'm a data scientist in, in CCB. Well, the data scientist, since I'm the, I'm the only data scientist currently. Uh, I'm on a team called the Business Leadership Team of EAP where I'm responsible for business modeling and forecasting along with development support uh, for our our development teams and uh, monitoring the economy of EVE. So uh, the the monthly economic report, is that something you do as part of your role or is it something you do just on the side? No, that's actually something I do on the side. Uh, it was when Back in the days when we had the QEN, when, when Dr. Ayo was doing that with his team, it turned out to be having a person full-time doing economic reporting. And it also turned out to be really time-consuming for them to, to make these reports. So, it, so I figured uh, we would need to, uh, yeah, someone would have to do it because we, we just can't go silent on on reporting economy stuff when, when we are sitting on a gold mine of, of data, in my opinion. Yeah, we are very grateful that you do that. We love the monthly economic reports. Um, so one of the things that people have asked um, about and people wonder about is who actually oversees <clears throat> Eve's economy at the moment? Like when there's changes um, coming in, who um, or how are the effects of that on the economy uh, accounted for? Yeah, so there's no full-time position for it. Uh, we we have an internal tool called EVMatrix that maintains about 2,000 time series of uh, yeah different time series of, of stuff we're tracking, and it gets updated every day, and we're constantly adding new metrics to it. So we use that uh, this EVMatrix to monitor the health of the game, and in fact, big part of it is is where uh, where most of the things in the monthly economic report comes from and well we we try to estimate the impact as much as possible with the data we have and often we just make uh involved with we make some simulation tools that allow us to input several different scenarios uh, on like that we think it's is gonna happen when we make certain changes and try from that, those scenarios to estimate the impacts it's going to have on the economy. Then we've like a follow-up on this is using even metrics heavily to, to monitor how, how things are changing. When, they, when a dev is making a change uh, to the gameplay side of the game, right? Um, 
and and it's going to affect the economy. Like uh, Fozzie is going to do something that that uh, affects uh, mining or outputs or things like that. Do they come and have a discussion with with you or Recurve or any of the other people that are involved with monitoring the economy to discuss what those changes might affect and what the ramifications might be? Yes, absolutely. So it's we uh, it's not necessarily to me as a single uh, person, but it's like we have a, a group of people where like mostly comprised of, of game designers and myself and CCP Recurve, where we will uh, discuss things, uh, the changes that we're going to do. Um, example of this is, for example, changing mining yield or distribution of, of materials in, in the economy. Um, a different thing would be, for example, the bounties, changing bounties, the payouts that we we want to for for new gameplay features. Can we actually have ISK rewards in new features, and how much can we have without compromising the economy and so forth? So I'm definitely very much involved in that when when we need to to do some math to to give us some some estimates that we're comfortable with. Well, uh, I know that Dirk and I have been talking about this a few times on different shows and also a lot in private, but this ties into um, the whole self-sufficiency uh, issue. And, I, and I, it might have been before you started doing this, but when uh, Anomaly suddenly gave people infinite minerals available on their doorstep, it, it's kind of now shown that it's crashing the economy. Is that something that you're worried about or have you been talking about some sort of tweaking to these things? So there's an actual trade balance between regions and organizations. So we're we're not. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say we are we're we are completely aware of the the issue. How like what the current state of affairs in terms of uh, the looks like bounties being one big issue currently and the mining output as well. Um, so we're we're definitely aware of it, and it's concerning us to some degree. And we're not super concerned about it, but but we're we're definitely not going to be sitting on our hands in the in the coming months. That's very comforting. Thank you. Yeah. So to just quickly bring it back to a bit of the history of it. You mentioned that Dr. EO used to do the report, um, and I'm sure Dirk and Caleb probably remember much more about the quarterly economic reports that we used to have. Why did you, you said that you took over the MER because there was nobody doing it and there should be like some sort of reports. Why did you go for monthly instead of the quarterly ones that Dr. E used to do? Yeah, so the quarterly, I guess like why they were quarterly, it's like obviously with the like ties to the real world, but it was a lot to do with, with how long it took them to, to produce them and the so it was mainly Dr. Ao and uh, CCP Recurve and one other person partially that were work, working on it. They had to they had to do a lot of database work without really having background in it. So it would take a lot of time for them to scour through all the data in the, in, in our databases. Um, they would then have to go. Till anal written analysis of the of the economy for the quarter, and the whole thing just took so much time. And I remember Dr. Ayut saying, "Like 
I was asking him about it when I started at CSB, when is the next, next QEN coming out? And he was just talking about that, that it's likely not going to happen again because of, of the time it was taking. And it was the thing is that that his unit and which I was a part of at that time was was really quickly moving into more of a research and statistic unit, uh, being the name of the the team back then within CCP and, and supporting all the different air, uh, departments of CCP with uh, analytical support, development, marketing, finance, and so forth. So there wasn't really uh, much time to do the QEMs and. After he left, I knew that I'd pick up his his hat. So recognizing the issues that that kind of costed the the ends, I I knew that a lot of the work that they were doing could be automized. So what I did, I just went ahead and, and implemented a script that would gather all the data from the databases and do the uh, programming necessary to gather all the all the details from the logs, import export uh, data being uh, a prime example, and I make a comprehensive packets comprising of, of the plots and the data dumps that that the mostly economic report consists of, and make that something that I can just call and it's going to take 15 minutes to to uh, to run. And then there's a packets ready for release, and I decided decided to do it monthly simply because it I I could. So you well, could decide to do it daily well, too. Keeping me from <laughs> daily data. That would be confusing. Yeah, I mean I, I it was it was also there are so many interesting things that that came from this when I was uh, like the the most worrying part for me back then was that I was not a doctor in economy. So, uh, and having like, we have probably, probably the smartest player base in any game. Uh, can, <laughs> so you were screaming about uh, saying something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, saying something wrong or just like, you have so many smart people that are, are just waiting for the stuff that you release. So you have to be right about things. You have to do things right. You have to like, sound like you, you know something about it. So for example, making the, when I made the, uh, the, indices the price indices for example i i had never even heard about that particular method that changed last Paris index that i had to implement there but i implemented it and there was a discrepancy between uh the work that dr aon recurve had done and mine is what mine did in like two minutes it calculated the entire uh, all the indices back to 2003 with no effort at all while it was a massive manual task for those guys to to extract it from from sql put it into excel and do all that manual stuff as you know how how excel can be and the discrepancy turned out to be uh, a copy paste error they did in their manual work back in the days so it was really comforting to see that that by actually automating automizing this part we were getting rid of uh, all this possible human error in the process. Well, and and for a history lesson, I don't think a lot of the a lot of the players remember just how shoddy the report timing was for the quarterly economic reports. Like we'd be six months late on a lot of the data. And I mean, it's always interesting to read uh, doctoral thesis kind of stuff on this uh, on on fake internet economies. But 
uh, it was like, well, now it's now it's mostly useless because you know it's been six months, and and now I actually want to know what today's problems are. So yeah, exactly. Have, you can't act on it. You can have a, like a major expansion in between or something that changes everything. Well, yeah, that was and, and that was one of the for, uh, that was one of the issues with the quarterly economic report. You know, was the delay, but that was also because you didn't just have charts and graphs in there, right? You also had a bunch of economic commentary that was being written by Doctor E or whoever, um, and that commentary is what delays things. Yeah, exactly. And that was like one of the first things I I I asked like Ao when I started, like, well, if this is so time consuming to make, this is the exactly the kind of stuff that our players should be doing. Because our players are, they're often definitely, especially hardcore players like you guys, you're like way more into what's happening in the economy. Often we don't have have the time at CCP to to pay that much attention to the uh, to what's happening. And I think in many cases you're you'll be you'll be doing a better job than even a even a doctor in economy to. Wisdom of write the your crowd. own analysis. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. It's it's often, for example, AEO when he was doing the reports, then like it was a lot of the time with he used on on writing those. That was also to review, like ask, go and ask people, like what what actually happened here? How did this war happen? And what what's what's that all about? So like being for you guys, like being that much involved with the game already, knowing what's happening, and then then seeing it in the data, you're like having an easy time writing about it. Well, and the more automation we bring into the system for data science-y stuff, and the faster we can get at the hard questions, the better, the, 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 the higher the tide rises, rises for everyone. So um, both on the player's side, where we can summarize a lot of the data and get a look at stuff in a, in a more real-time side and say, well, oh, this might actually be a problem, or oh, I think I see an opportunity. And then on the game design side, actually being able to answer some of those questions. I know you've talked about on a lot of dev blogs and talks about how there were a lot of questions that devs could ask, and there was just no way, there was no meaningful way to get the answers. And um, like I think your keynote last year talked about uh, breaking down everyone's wallets and transactional data. and how uh, you needed half a terabyte of RAM uh, yeah, on, a, on a machine to get through it. The assets, yeah, exactly. Lockbox, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We don't, as players, have access all the way back to 03, right? Um, so this is a, well, technically kind of answer. Um, you'd have to go back to, Eve Central does a lot of archiving that you can walk through, but I yeah, think I mean, it stops in 2005. And yeah, CCP. I, I, I've I've always been under the the assumption that 2005 or 2006 was kind of the black box cutoff line for a lot of the historical stuff. Yeah. So uh, there's some things that are here uh, there. Uh, there are other things that aren't. Uh, there are some sad stories about archive tapes that went missing or destroyed, <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, just uh, it kind of. Uh, highlights how how old this game is getting back when they were relying on archive tapes um, if I remember correctly then we have price history back to 2003 so we I could yeah we could definitely look into releasing a complete price history 
until to actually fill into into the history. Because that would actually make it actually there is history stuff, right? And and compare to historical events and all these things. So something a little bit more geeky and nerdy for us to yeah. dig into. Yeah, actually, there's definitely there's it's hundred percent. We have uh, all uh, market history since 2003 because otherwise I wouldn't be able to make the economy in this is on maybe it's 2004 but, yeah, I mean I, I yeah. mean because that you know that really old data is like super important because I was looking to do a research project on the Tritanium crash of uh, of 2004 so <laughs> no but it is it is yeah, interesting yeah, from, exactly. from an academic perspective right or even just for uh, shits and giggles to write something uh, comparing these things and, and and if you're developing tools then putting in all the events and the patches and, and all of that. So you can see exactly what was actually happening. It might also yeah. help for future stuff, right? We would be able to predict or at least help predict what will this change do because that's what it did in the past. And, uh, okay, we could get into the whole thing of uh, analytics and uh, how it's more uh, astrology than science, but anyways. Yeah, exactly. So, now do you... One... Okay. One thing that uh, like interests me, since you since you took over and uh, you started developing these tools to analyze this data and this information, um, what was the most fun piece of information you found while you were going back through all this information? What was the one stat that made you laugh the most? <laughs> that made me laugh the most. Um, well, I mean, one that was definitely the case where where uh, the where after implementing all the calculations in our figure, when when we saw that they didn't match with the the previous results that that Dr. A and his team had been working on, and then finding out that like because it's it's now automized, it, that was the correct one, and the the other one had been incorrect because of a typo. And it was also a happy moment for me because I, otherwise I'd be have to be go back to to square one. I I actually pretty recently discovered when I was just going through the, the data behind the economic report is that I uh, I was I was remembering because I started in Eve in 2004 and in the client the back I can see is in 2007 so I guess like you guys how many of you guys have been playing since before 2007 <laughs> uh, I have all right so what like you then but no, but like why kill mills are called kill mills? It's because the back in the days until 2007, you used to get an actual kill mill in the kill mill text format detailing your, your kill or your loss. So this is why your kill history in the game and the kill ports only go back to 2007. Uh, that's when we implemented the, the actual kill uh, view kind of in the client. So since your emails and notifications are truncated in the client, I, I, like everyone else, had always assumed that this data was lost because just CCP just truncates uh, emails and, and notifications. So, and as I said, also like a lot of data went missing because of the archive tapes and so forth. But then I started looking looking into like I really wanted to to find these first kills and deaths in, in Eve one of my most memorable moments, definitely. And it turns out that we have a complete history on Tiki on all emails and not notifications. So I was able to parse them all and con convert them into the modern kill format. So technically, 
we could actually add them back into Eve so you could get your, your full kill mill history in the client and even allow the kill ports to access them. That would be really fun for some of us people that actually docked up in around 0709. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like I, I fought my first kill mill, uh, like it was from 2005 when, well, it's yeah, when CCB Cognac actually, he, yeah, we were friends from 2002 and he dragged me into, into Eve. And he, like, my first time undocking and he was like to, to meet my corporation buddies and and he was there outside and and blew me up i had the cargo full of all the skills that i was about to train so it was really fun <laughs> to see that particular kind of event just in plain kill mill format now do you, days. do you still keep in touch with dr e and with his role at the university is he still looking at virtual economies including eve I absolutely uh i'm i'm in in contact with him every month uh, and we occasionally grab grab a beer to discuss things and I got a feeling from him that that he really wants to get back into into doing virtual economies again or like into uh, going away from academia but that's like that's just my feeling <laughs> but he he's he's really interested in it still I was really hoping that when when he did make that, you know, it was sad to see him go. But I was really hoping that when he made that change, uh, you know, to go be the, the the head of that department over at that university, um, that yeah, the dean of of Akure University. Yep. Uh, that that we were going to see, um, you know, maybe some sort of you know academic research that came out of there that was you know kind of related to Eve specifically, um, just given his connection. There is uh, so not directly through him but a, a lot of so there are a lot of researchers have have come to us because they, they heard about AO at some point so we have like University of Ghent they're doing doing research on on economy uh, I can't remember the title of, of it it's like agent based uh, modeling of some sort um, the University of Maryland they've been doing research into social e economy socioeconomics uh we have uh, a research student from from sweden doing a network analysis on on trying to find influencers in the game based on on behavior and so forth so there's a lot of so as i said it's it's like we're sitting on a gold mine of of data for economics research so there is there's so much interest from researchers to to come and and work on on eve data and there are quite a few publications that have been made, but we we haven't properly listed them them publicly. I mean, they're all publicly available by by definition, but but we haven't. What we should do really as CCB, we should just uh, maybe make a dev blog and and outline outlining some of these projects and research. Or at least link to them so we can get a hold of them and read them and comment on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, we, you know, we've talked a lot here about kind of the past and, and what was going on. Why don't we talk a little bit about the present? Um, with the most recent monthly economic report, um, there were some there were some changes that that were put in there, some questions that you had, you know, looking for feedback and, and things along those lines. Um, with the with the winter summit, um, following that, you had made an announcement of the removal of regional stats. Um, there was outcry from the community on both sides of that matter. 
Um, I think that still remains an open topic that you're looking for feedback on. Do you know kind of the direction that uh, that you're going to be heading with uh, with regional stats? Uh, yes. The, so, well, I, not there's nothing definitive really. Uh, I wanna I wanna meet with the new CSM and discuss them discuss this with them properly. When this came up uh, originally, uh, there wasn't the rest of the CSM. They they weren't really they, they didn't have much input on it, so they didn't bother. Uh, questioning anything about this. This wasn't really a big deal for them until they realized from all the input from you guys how important it is to to release data, like keep data to the players, not from the players. Well, and that's um, that's been a that's been a point that that kind of grinds my gears about it is that uh, from the from the notes we were we were hearing about how. Um, somebody, you know, Arth makes a proposal, and everyone else goes, "I, I don't know. I have, I have nothing to Long say on box, it." Mute Skype. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, hey, yeah, you're right. There wasn't, there wasn't. Uh, I don't want to say uh, uh, opposition to it, right? It was more or less just. just it was. Just sort it, of was a it was between apathy or or just recusal, and and my frustration from the economic side is there are a lot of players who are in. Uh, a lot of these other play styles and like our representation continues to be pretty weak and uh, like I'm almost to the point where I think CSM may not be the right tool like it shows you they show you especially the null perspective and the null intel perspective and a PVP perspective but like when it comes to economics and trade the closest we have is is fuzzy Steve and he's a tools guy more than an econ guy so like um, it, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm finding it frustrating as like, this is, this is my bread and butter and, and, uh, who, who represents me kind of thing. Yep. Disaffected voter more than anything. Yeah. I, like, I wasn't a fan of this proposal myself. I've been ever since I joined CCP, I've been actually, also, it's also been an internal battle on, on, uh, getting to release more data to players. Like that's, that did absolutely not happen uh, by itself. And the same thing here happening, uh, I absolutely get a part of, of why Aerith uh, asked for this. It's like for this particular instance, goons being like so prominent in Delve that this is just like a metric on goons. And not so much all the like trading and, and maybe mining is, is a minor concern, but the imports and exports so you could you could actually after the after the uh after um after last year's war what was the world war b sorry uh <laughs> you could actually see you could see them moving like where they were moving their like they were moving obviously from one region into another so you could just you could really easily track where they were going obviously you could just do that in game as well but the the fact that you could just get a really good estimation of all of the worth of all the the assets that they were they were moving i i would get that concern and and maybe to to reduce the effects of that would be to like for for stuff like imports and exports maybe because it it's kind of gimmick isn't it it's not really 
important because most of the most of the imports exports it, it's passed through and there's so much accumulation of stuff in in uh, the forts and it I'd, I'd personally be fine with delaying it by two months well three months it, even it, it, if, if that would change everything rather than remove stuff from it yeah, and I think that that's kind of one of the things where I've seen some common agreement out there is that a delay is obviously better than than a removal. Um, because look, I think for Locke, I think for you know stuff like what you're doing, and and if if what it is providing is actionable intelligence, then maybe it's too much or too soon. Um, if it's purely there just to give people something to look at, and wow, aren't graphs nice? And you know, isn't information nice? And don't we like looking at Eve's economy? That's kind of a different, you know, a, a different type of situation. And that's why I've been torn on whether or not, you know, this is uh, whether or not Aerith was right. OK, because you get people out there making the argument that, oh, it does provide actionable intel. Well, if it provides actionable intel, then maybe there is an issue. Yeah. And also well, it ties back to to the whole thing about the fact that people are so self-sufficient, right? Because if there's no trade balances and, and anything like that, it's too flat and, and there's no granularity. So it becomes an easy tool to use for political or uh, war-related uh, uh, measurements, right? Well, it's so yeah. easy for a lot of the null guys to get all up in arms about how it's their intel and, and super secret, whatever, cabal. Um, but like my perspective continues to be that I want free and open data so that we can do independent uh, analysis on, on the things that uh, Prosper is not tied to any major alliance coalition or reporting thing. We are independent completely. And we can't provide that level of service if I have to go and put put people inside of Goon Swarm to give me second order information. Or I can't I, I or if I have to somehow join PL to get access to any of the meaningful stats, the the fact that CCP brings it out for free in public at a regular basis gives at least people like me the ability to provide uh, completely independent analysis. And there are a lot, you know, that as much as, as Null drives the news of the game, they're, and they're the largest contiguous block in the game, there are still lots of players who are never going to go to Null, who aren't interested in Null, who are running independently. And to cut this all off um, in the name of spies and intel, I think uh, does a lot more damage than good in this case. And and I get the, the the arguments that we should lower the resolution and we should lower the time dial we should time dilate it or whatever. And and I just fundamentally disagree that that I think the resolutions we have now is fine. The fact that it's at least thirty days delayed, uh, if not closer to fifty days delayed, uh, this last month that it, it becomes functionally useless as an intel tool and it's more of but a historical marker. Planning is, yeah. on a more, uh, is on a longer scale than just a month. So it's not useless, it's very much useful. Yeah, so yeah, the ME, the regional data in the MER stuff is something that people will be arguing forever, whatever CCP decide to do. Um, but something else that also you brought up in the uh, dev blog this month in the MER was about the Plex split and the price history. Um, can you elaborate a bit on whether you will be creating a price history for the new Plex items? Yeah, so so that's just a, a, a thought that came up. Uh, there's going to be this new Plex, the, well, the, the 
Plex is broken up by 500 and there's going to be a new type ID. So obviously there's going to be nothing, uh, no history of it in, in the client. And this is going to cause some confusion for a lot of players, uh, new players especially. And if they're, if they want to go and buy Plex and, and they can't really clearly see the value of it because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just not clear from the market, then that's definitely something that, that we should be worried about. And also just the whole user experience for everyone. If you, it, it would be, it would be better to have a, a complete history of, of Plex, how it, how it has been. Uh, it it hasn't been nailed down whether we fill the uh, the history, but I've definitely raised the issue, and and I it might come down to myself having to write uh, some SQL code that gets uh, deployed into into TQ to fill it up. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, please look, please backfill it. It would make it would make a lot of the uh, dev stuff a lot easier. We're we're prepared to do it. Uh, at my at at Prosper, and I'm pretty sure people like Steve and um, and Jeronica are prepared to do some amount of backend work to backfill. But like, it's it's a um, it, it's a useful tool, and I think that the the argument that the confusion and fog of war should be a feature, I think. Uh, oversteps the fact that getting a backwards contiguous history is going to be difficult for people going forward. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I agree. This seems like a pretty simple thing, right? I mean, you, you, you know, that what we've got here is basically akin to a stock split and they would adjust the price, you know, yeah. you know, the price history, the price history would be there. Um, it just seems like a very simple answer to this as opposed to, well, we're not sure what we want to do kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah and it, it makes sense to make a contiguous, like Dirk said, that, uh, this this sort of stuff happens financially all the time, and uh, we still get contiguous reporting back 10, 10 plus years uh, with it already baked in. Yeah. So yeah, that will that's something. The Plex split is happening on uh, Tuesday, I believe, the ninth. So it will be we'll be finding out then whether it's got a history added in or not. Something yeah, else that was actually in uh, this month's MER was uh, the the problem that was found with the regional stats for the market not actually including the uh, citadels is that something that's going to be fixed for uh, next month yes i have personally gone in and fixed that so that's the issue that you uh Robert, you you raised it some time ago you said like are you sure citadels are included and a couple of other people had also asked me and never really had time to look into it but when uh when like more and more people racking up saying this made no sense citadels couldn't be included because for example goons in, in delve they were seeing the, the total trade volume volume for them uh for the month was equal to a single day so so that was kind of the moment where i said okay obviously something is is like definitely wrong i don't have to i i like i i could then definitely know where to look for for the issue, and the issue was that uh, the code that that gathers the uh, the transaction all the transactions into and makes the trade volume by region, it was resolving uh, every single transaction by a station ID property that's on on a single on every transaction, but 
a transaction also has a solar system ID. And so that's the, instead of resolving a station ID and then resolving the solar system ID from where the station is in, and then the region from where the solar system is in, uh, it's just resolving it through the solar system directly instead of going to the station. But back in the days, it, it made sense to use, use stations because they were, they were uh, like, there was no, there yeah. were no citadels, so so no one had gone in there and changed this legacy code to in to ensure that citadels weren't. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting the actual numbers next month. It's going to be a nice, interesting thing. Something else that was new. And the and the regional regional mining uh, data is, is also, it's also going to be updated. It's going to update to include the the drone mining as well. Ooh, so that's something nice. that. So it, the overall mining output, like in the, in the first graph of the of the monthly economic report that just shows the production, destruction, and mining, that had included that has included the uh, drone mining. Almost well, of course, there was this initial problems where the the mining drone locking was bugged, but it was then fixed. But the breakdown by region was uh, was never correct so it, it's now going to be correct and i could correct it back in like i've corrected back in time i could make the uh the regional graphs back in time as well that would be really nice yes yes do it <laughs> yeah, right, well, at least at least uh fix the raw reports uh the graph the graph renders i don't know i could take or leave yeah yeah, yeah like the raw data yeah i yeah I th Please, I th thank I think, you i think there's a Everyone's looking forward to the accurate data next month. The other thing that came in new this month was the breakdown of the sinks and faucets, um, which was showing the <clears throat> uh, commodities and the bounties. And I yes. think everyone was surprised by quite how high the uh, the bounties are in NullSec. I mean, I, I was expecting them to, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the NullSec portion that surprised me. It was that I was suspect, expecting HiSec to have uh, more bounties than they do. Were you surprised when you saw uh, the data? Um, no. So like if you look at it, it didn't, it used to be more stable on this. If you look at there's a graph in the economic reports, um, top eight sinks and faucets over time, you can see that bounty prices like through 2014, 2015 and into 2016, they were relatively stable at, at 1 to 1.1 trillion a day. Um, right now, or in latest data, it's, it's around 2.2 trillion a day. So it's it's just doubled. And all of this is coming from NOSEC, all of this increase. So I, I would have maybe thought it was a little bit more from, from HiSEC, um, but but I mean, HiSec, look, HiSec bounties are, are the bounties on the ships themselves are are extremely low relative to NullSec. Uh, yeah, but the mission, the mission throughput, like people people blasting level fours all day, should generate a lot yeah. of a lot of data points in that bin. Right, right, but not when you look at the actual bounties on the ships that they are killing in those missions. You know, the the bounties are extremely small, and then when you get into kind of the rinse and repeat running of anomalies that takes place out in, I mean, Nullsec is all about bounties. That's what it's there. I mean, you know, ever since drone alloys went away, it's all about bounties everywhere in Nullsec, and rinsing and repeat running of anomalies is just 
the thing they do. So, I mean, this should not be surprising to anybody. I mean, you know, this, this is bounties, right? This is not mission rewards or anything like that. This is not total, you know, isk faucets, you know, from doing things. It's just bounties. Yeah, well, I, and I get that, but right. it's that in high sec, it's the sheer volume of people running missions nonstop for 10 hours a day. That it, even with the lower bounties, I was surprising. I was surprised that you, there was not a higher amount from high sec, like uh, of the total. Yeah, and, and when you talk about like, when we talk about isk per tick kind of kind of behavior, um, you can sort of you can sort of finally work it back and figure out that even with ten you know ten times may, let's say maybe ten times more people running level four missions uh, at at a lower tick rate uh, that's that's isk per per fifteen minutes as a tick anybody who might not know um, that you go out to null and you have all of these guys and their supers and their carriers and their and their uh, pimp ships getting the getting these incredible isk per ticks and it it uh, overbalance, you know, it's it's way on the side of uh, of nullsec getting it. Now, the the one thing I would I would sort of caution against to sort of be the the devil's advocate for this particular one is that um, post ascension, um, the 1.5 trillion uh, uh, tick uh, cash rate doesn't particularly worry me personally because the added um, the added number of players and the added activity needs the added liquidity, in my opinion. Um, but as I've said on the, on my show several times before, um, the higher this liquidity goes, um, the harder it's going to be for CCP to balance uh, because it, it could we could go into a slump period because things like late summer gets pretty quiet around Eve and still have this incredible tick rate and uh, very quickly flood the market with a lot more cash than people are really willing, ready to deal with. Um, and it's, it's one of those situations where a hot system can be balanced, but a hot system goes wrong faster uh, kind of problem. Yeah. Yep, I absolutely agree. And I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say the, 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 the amount of bounties that are being paid out right now is in a healthy state. Uh, we also want to make more room for uh, making making new faucets into the game. If we if we have new features that that have isk rewards, then uh, like one step before doing anything like that would be to to change the the bounties. That, well, not necessarily changing the bounties, just changing some mechanics, underlying mechanics that that will affect the. The, the total bounties being paid out. Okay, so some, the final thing that I wanted to discuss, which I expect will actually turn into quite a large topic about the uh, the MER this month, you mentioned the discussion that was had at FanFest about um, the idea that you had for financial uh, products being added into the into the client. Can you uh, elaborate a bit on, or just you know, tell us what your idea was and how you think it would work in Eve? I mean. We we know that Eve is a is a pretty special game with with probably one probably the the most complex and interesting economy of of like there are of course interesting games out there as well with with good economies but I think we have a lot we have a lot of players that are just working the market that's just what they do they're doing the the financial side of of Eve playing that solely and we could definitely 
and you, you could just see that on the on the uh, on the market uh, form section of Evenline. You can just see uh, like oh, people making bonds and and so forth. Uh, we could definitely do more in that area, and and even though like of course realizing it's a very niche area of a very niche game, uh, I think we could definitely work together with uh, a group of of players to to make a, a case for implementation so and that's something we have to that's what i want to do on fanfest i want to start that conversation and start talking about can we actually implement any kind of, of financial products into eve or make that would and even could make some headlines and and just make for a good headline i think that if you have a video game where players are trading uh in in financial instruments you want That's... those big stories back <laughs> yeah i mean i think so if we if we had to make a business case for because obviously when we're doing one when when we're picking between all the different things that we want to want to develop for eve then like the when we're looking for reasoning for for picking uh instrument implementation in eve versus making some gameplay feature that that people spend their time on like new npc stuff and so forth there has to be a, a a kind of a business case behind it and and that's something that in my opinion there definitely is a is a business case behind it we can't just ignore it because it's really niche it it can absolutely absolutely turn into a cool story uh on eve and and something that will get more players like you guys for example to play eve because like knowing there's already a lot of players are just doing this for you, we could definitely have more. And the problem with that is that it's such a, you call it niche, but I'd go a little bit further and say it's it's a slow grow, right? It, it's something that takes a lot more time to to implement and, and, and start getting players to adopt and, and utilize in interesting ways. And I'm sure that you know that we've been trying to do this pretty much manually and with weird hacks and workarounds and all that stuff for a long time. I think that you can go all the way back to 2004 and five when all this started, right? When the market discussion group got split away from uh, want to trade and all that. That's when you started getting what's now being coined the meta markets. But we've never really had a lot of support from CCP in getting a few tweaks or uh, functionalities added to make it easier. So it's been very difficult and uphill and then it keeps crashing because it gets tied on one or two people doing the third party yeah. service, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, think, I think just to make sure everyone listening knows what we're talking about, it's the implementation of basically player to player loans. So formalizing through contracts, um, the ability to do a collateralized loan uh, with other players, which is something that happens a lot in EVE at the moment, but it's done through the forums or, you know, just through channels in game. And so people don't necessarily have a formal way to do it. And so the idea that Quant came up with is to maybe formalize doing these asset backed securities, otherwise known as collateralized loans um, through the client. And it's low hanging fruit, this one, right? Uh, because this is the one that most people are familiar with, can understand and uh, see why it's a good idea to get it implemented into the client. Some of all the other more call it complicated or exotic things and uh, stuff that's been going on in the in the MD and meta markets, that's a little bit more tricky to sell to people. And 
And every time we've had the discussion, and I'm pretty sure the quant's been following that as well, and ask for things like a player uh, stock market and uh, even an NPC stock market for that uh, matter. Every time this has been discussed, it's ended up in threat knots with tons of feature creep and things that are too complicated and not worth the effort from CCP's side. And that means that the minimal uh, deliverables gets lost, right? Because it's really simple things we need. And I'm sure that, that, that Quant will agree with me that things like shares and bonds and stuff like that, it's not really complicated products. They can be very simple and just have some added features developed on top of that from third parties, right? Well, and, and if, you, yeah. if you boil it down a little further, like um, when it comes to my personal hopes in a credit system is that the, the pieces you need are one, an enforcement mechanism so that you can uh, avoid uh, easily getting out of bankruptcy by just you know spinning up alts, taking a bunch of money, transferring the money out, and uh, rinse and repeating. Because if we can't trust each other, you know, there's no you can't have a credit system with no trust, and it needs regulatory to be oversight. To yeah, and, and like <laughs> you can't, you can't send run, people right? to otherwise you're killing it. You can't send people to space jail, right? Um, and and you know, fraud still needs to be uh, applicable thing, but we need some sort of uh, way to to mitigate it so that uh, good practices minimize fraud. Number two, <clears throat> we need a way to be able to credit rate each other. And, and though I don't think this is uh, strictly CCP's uh, purview to create a credit rating agency, I think they have the keys to help give us the data to do it ourselves. Personally, I'd like to see the uh, the better resolution on the my yearly stats endpoint that was uh, released a couple of years ago and just sort of sat in in weird beta thing that nobody was using. Um, that would be a great way to get started. Uh, perhaps building some extra automation into being able to crunch forum histories uh, and link accounts perhaps um, would be other other ways to get at that. But I think that's a player dev problem to solve. Um, and then a way to a, a way to actually monitor and trade these things would be the third piece I really want, so that we can start having players design the derivatives rather than having CCP design them. But as uh, I've talked to people about before, Lockfox, when when we start talking about these things like exotic products and and new features, people tend to to jump straight to the things that you're talking about and skipping things like actually being able to have uh, accounting IDs in a proper way, having something like, well, now we've got the uh, net asset value thing for individuals, which is, in my opinion, gimmicky and useless. We need it for corporations, not for individuals. And then something as simple as the fact that there is a player, uh, there is a billing system in E between players and NPC. Why not have a proper billing system so we can do business to business bills? and do the whole accounting thing from that side, right? These are things that are fundamental in doing uh, business uh, in an organized way. Well, I mean, and these are the tools we are, we are missing, right? What One of the things I think we need to recognize is, number one, as far as I can recall, this is the first time that I've ever heard somebody from within CCP even having the discussion about the potential for a yeah. new type of financial instrument. So number one, that is an extremely positive thing. And what we should probably yeah. do is is sort of like, again, Try and get that low-hanging fruit, right, and 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 see where it can build to, as opposed to getting out off into the exotic stuff. I mean, I, I personally think that the contract system is is 
really much of a blank slate for for being able to add a number of different i mean theoretically you could get into things like options okay um you know some method of being able to you know sell short the market or something like that through some sort of type you know of contract mechanism um but something like an asset backed loan a securitized loan you know is is Nice and a simple. good a good first step to being able to add something new that has not existed in the history of this game. Yeah, and I yep. and and I'm I'm one for wanting a simple a simple uh, mechanic that we can that the players can go nuts with. Like I don't I don't want the guys at CCP, for instance, trying to uh, make a puts and calls system together to try and to try and uh, build that from the ground up because I think that the the uh, opportunity for failure uh, outweighs the benefits of of success, um, but getting something simple like the 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 leveraging the existing corp infrastructure makes me a little squeamish because again you still run up against how do you enforce uh, enforce uh, act you know that that they that they follow through on whatever the promise is because. Uh, it's still really easy to to say I will do whatever and not actually follow through, and it's very well, easy to to. There's like, there's like one yeah. good solution on doing enforcing things. It's just uh, allow players to do it for them. Yeah, like, and, and it's the whole thing with <laughs> NC deck collectors at your service <laughs> needs to be able to do something with it. When you have something like everyone has been screaming for a stock exchange forever since like day one, because the system that was coded in to Eve kind of. Uh, pointed to something like that coming eventually. But the fact that every time we discuss it, it ends up in feature creep. But the fundamental is I cannot dis disconnect or detach the shares from the current system in the client. I cannot take it and put it in my hangar. That means that I can't actually trade it in a contract. And that means that the contract can't actually be put on API in a specific type of contract that could basically only hold one share at a time, just like you can only have one uh, container and stuff like that, right? The, this would then enable third parties to make the stock exchange instead of having to do all that workaround stuff that was done back when BSAC did his stock exchange. So so it's really, the, the basics needs to be fixed. We don't need CCP to do all of the work. That's useless. That's going to take forever and it's not going to be implemented. Well, correct. But you know what? adding some sort of basic tools that allow players to then be able to take things to another level um, would be extremely helpful. Right. And it would, yep. and it would be kind of that thing that Quant was talking about before, where again, adding to this Eve economy um, is, is sort of newsworthy in a way. I mean, you know, not the way that, you know, big battles happen and whatnot, but in a different way that draws attention to the game. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And that's, that's the thing with, uh, like when I was thinking about the potential, like the possibilities of, of, of some candidates for as financial products goes, then these asset-backed securities would, was the only thing that I could come up with that would absolutely function within the current state of the economy. You, you don't really need that trust-based uh, environment you don't need to enforce anything because like if if the other guy defaults on his his payments then then you just get the collateral so i think i think that's absolutely it sounds like a minimum viable product to implement for us and and it makes sense there there's absolutely there are absolutely cases where this is needed in, in just in my own experience 
I've accumulated, for example, a lot of stuff. At some point, I joined RVB, for example, and I had like 10 billion of, of tiny ships and fittings in, in one station. And then I quit RVB and, and went into some other places. And it like I have all these tiny little things in that station that I might want to co come back to at, at some to to kind of liquidate all this, I'd have to move it all to Jira, take multiple round trips to Jira to liquidate it. But this would be a prime case where I could just say, okay, here I have assets worth like 10 billion sitting in a in, in high security hub close to Jira, and I need to liquidate it. And I'm absolutely fine with paying 5% interest on it, for example. Yeah, I think that for me, that was one of the key things with the loan idea. It's not so much for the guys who have like an entire alliance that they can organize it through. It's more like at the moment, you normally do it through third parties and there aren't too many of them in EVE. And a lot of people just need a smaller loan for like five, yep. 10 billion. And, yep. you know, the, the third parties like Cribber uh, won't, you know, it's not worth their time to do that. And people have stuff dotted all over EVE that is... A pain in the ass to pick up and like you said you've got all this stuff stuck in the station so if you could set up a contract with that as collateral then you know you would be it would be much easier for you to get a loan against it yeah. and when we were at FanFest, people were actually talking about how players could then build on this idea with things like uh could say eve university um because they have a bigger credit availability than their players take out loans and then redistribute them among their players um, or things like would players build their own credit rating things so you could over collateralize or under collateralize your loans depending on your credit rating. So there is a whole yep. way of things for this. And I think it's a, I think for me, I think it's a good way to get more people able to get short term loans. And there is a lot of ISK sloshing about in people's wallets that they wouldn't mind loaning out if they could have the collateralized loan options. Yeah, there's a Bring lot of new players out banks. there. There's a lot of new players out there that can use some payday loans and you know things like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and so it comes down and and the chat is the chat is starting to get on the on the topic of uh, when when we here at the here at the show are talking about um, loans and debt, we're talking ten billion and up a lot of the times. Uh, a lot of the times we're thinking, oh, uh, if I just had the cash to be able to uh, launch this this industry thing or get this ship or or uh, get my corp, you know, the the funding to get this program started and pay it back. Like bonds make a ton of sense in, in a lot of this sort of simple simple idea. Um, but a robust credit credit system would allow us to get a a lot more cash moving in the lower tiers of the market where um, we could have uh, high risk credit pools and we could have. Uh, access to the sub 1 billion market. I think there's a lot of players who would participate in a, you know, get me a billion-esque so I can get my mission ship or whatever, and I'll pay off that loan over so many months. And if not, well, you know, I'll back it with something useful like uh, skill injectors. I don't know. Um, and, and like the pawn shop idea comes down and, and brings that brings that cash flow much lower down in the system. And, and I, I'm intrigued by it because I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity for microloans to to make this be really really interesting. But we need we need a tool, you know, we, we need a, we need a, a mechanical tool that lets us 
uh, start that work and then let the players build out whether they're going to do high, high, uh, low interest, high value loans or do uh, high risk pools or whatever. So out of weird curiosity, um, like the, the old contracts, the contract system, um, I remember somewhere reading that if you broke contracts with certain player, uh, with certain like NPC groups, it reduced your standings with them. It's probably something you could work in there, sort of have some some sort of standing rating that every time a contract is broken and not kept, it reduces their standing, or when it's yeah, kept, yeah. it increases their standing. Yeah, and I think there, there's there's hooks between the API data we have now that again the players could build the rating uh, instead of relying on CCP to do it for them. But that's why I, I was I talking about billing, other. right? Because if there's an outstanding bill, that's something that, that's equivalent to, to a standing change, right? If, if someone is defaulting and is fundamentally owing you money, that could go into the accounting side of uh, the corporation or the character that there's an outstanding uh, <laughs> owed from someone uh, that's actually defaulted on a contract. That that would eventually lead to when someone has done that a, a lot, you would maybe put out a bounty or something like that and convert it like, like that, right? Just make your credit rating be your standings towards Eve Bank or something. Yeah, the, yeah. Eve, the Eve Bank was seized years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I what? Yeah, the Eve Central Bank thing. Yeah, 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 the one the, the one AEO used to control. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? If we just if we just set our target high enough here, I'm quite certain that we can find our way into the Financial Times or, or or Wall Street Journal or whatever. You know, if we can just get to credit default swaps, I know that we can make even again. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and if you're going to go credit default swaps, we need to we need to make the uh, the swapping the swapping API for those be completely automated, so it's bots trading with bots, and uh, then we can flash crash the market. It'll be great, just like real life. But if, if you consider the fact that we also talked at FanFest about the thing uh, about creating a contract type that might actually take over for the insurance system, right? So if you got insurance and you got loans, then everything will start developing organically. You uh, loans is basically the doorway to get banks back into Eve. I was not just kidding. They will come back if you have a loan contract option, and then they will create the tools for it. Especially if CCP considers to actually open it up for some sort of right option from outside the client. Yep. And let us go into negative uh, wallet territory so we can totally break the game <laughs> and have to declare there actually bankruptcy. Some, there are some characters that, are, that have negative wallets. That's like, it's it's by some GM actions, but, it, and it's really irritating yeah. because you can't even, you can't even buy anything. You can't like, you can't sell anything because you need to have like hundred discs in your wallet for it. And, yeah. But that could be tied into uh, player organizations, right? If, if someone is defaulting and owing money to that organization, then they can't trade, they can't dock. Uh, it could be added into the structures uh, uh, access list, right? Yeah, exactly. So which one, if you could like pick any financial instrument that you would like to see in EVE, like I know, I know you said the, the loans is a easy to implement without impacting many things. So, it, but if that wasn't uh, the problem, what would you most like to see come into EVE? I mean, the, the one I would really like to see because like having, I, I was doing a lot of industry I've been doing a lot of industry well, back in before I joined CCP. Uh, that would be futures. If you could, if you could just like 
you would kind of completely stabilize your cash flow. You would you would be able to know your your uh, like your production. You'll be able to sell your product basically before you make it. You'll be able to secure the stockpiles that you need to of material on fixed prices and and things like that. But it's just currently I can't see a way to enforce a future agreement to to hold. Like if if the contract moves against you, then there's nothing that I can think of in the game except setting your your wallet to to negative balance. No, but if it's based on a player-driven uh, third-party uh, designs, then that might actually evolve organically from all the other things that we've been talking about, the low-hanging fruit or the simple to implement. Because if you suddenly have a bank, if you can suddenly do some sort of credit, uh, credit rating, then all these things can evolve and you can have the whole buy-cover uh, narrative of, well, that brings on the whole thing about trading with bonds and shares which is something to, that I really believe yeah. should come in first because that is something that has a guaranteed interest rate or have uh, uh, guaranteed dividends and you can check the corporation's outstanding number of uh, shares and their current NAV if we got the NAV calculations on, on a corporate level and not on a character level. So it's it's just the, the order of how to implement these things are so vital for it to become emergent. That's why I'm so worried that you jump straight to something. I know that it's low hanging fruit and it's something that's needed because it's basically something that's been tied to third party uh, things like Cripper and, and trusted parties, right? But it's the it's the simple features that we need to implement first, in my personal opinion. And the fact that you can't detach something like shares means that you can't use them to create any type of ownership, contract, bonds, artificial currencies, anything like that. None of it is possible until you can detach and have unique IDs. Yeah, I mean, I think the solution to this all this is that to start with, we we have to engage more with you guys now uh, to actually discuss all these available options to us and and actually maybe de design some some potential features like how can we uh, a, a stock exchange in in online is that actually something that we can we can then. By discussing it, we'll see all the all the issues around it, and maybe it's it turns out not to be possible. But we definitely need to get the discussion rolling more, and and that's that was also the the kind of the the reasoning for me bringing up uh, the, the the bonds, for example, on on FanFest. That was not necessarily to make sure that bonds get there, but it was just raising that issue that we need to get, if we want something to happen here, then we need to start the discussion. And I, I don't think it's realistic to get a, a player runs, a, a player uh, shares market into the EVE client because the number of corporations is just too vast and it, it's most likely gonna cause trouble. But yeah, just yeah, getting exactly. something like the NPC stock exchange, even if it's slightly artificial or tied into the new AI or whatever system is this, decided to to try and play with then you have something that kind of prepares the players especially new players to what a stock exchange is in a game environment and then they can be pointed out to something that might be player driven because players can then whitelist or blacklist who they actually want to allow in on uh, onto their exchange we've had bsac in the past now we have things like mogul actually considering building a stock exchange 
but it, it needs the, the, the minimum features to make it easy and possible, right? Yeah, and with then I, I take it then with NPC agents buying and selling, uh, or or just fully, just valuation, right? The the fact that that when AIs are doing stuff, it's got some sort of uh, turnover, and then you get some sort of uh, deltas either up or down of the current uh, stock value, and if yep. it's tied into the prices of say the LP store, then you you actually have something that will grow emergent uh, because the players buying or selling these things from the LP store will then set the actual share if the, if it was, well, I've suggested that you change the LP system into an actual shares oriented system where you're get, giving uh, shares back to the corporations or you're getting them for services rendered, right? So then yeah. that would create the price and it would make it possible to exchange one type of LP for another. And that would create a whole new market dynamic and location would be important again because you have to hand it into a, uh, an agent with an LP store that's got the things that you want. So you might actually need to move the shares in space and then you could get blown up with a lot of fucking shares in your hold. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. If you're going to go make uh, NPC, if you're going to be able to trade NPC stocks, then uh, you just need to put a GBM calculator on the back of it in, in one afternoon and have it randomly move up and down. And then we're back to sanction gambling. Yeah, bring uh, casinos it's a, back to Eve. <laughs> like literally, just betting uh, betting against a random number generator. Come on, I need yeah. plus three percent. Exactly. Well, I'm very happy that we at least have the discussion going again because it's been a little bit of a slump in the meta market since '09 or '10 when the banks collapsed. It's what happens when you have a financial crisis and the banks collapse? <laughs> <laughs> People get risk averse. It's just ironic that it happened in Eve, just following the real one. Yeah, lost all my real money. I don't want to lose my space money too. <laughs> then just don't invest. <laughs> so well, no, how? And that is, you know, and that is what I was trying to say before. Is it, it is really nice that that there is a dev, you know, you know, at CCP who is willing to at least have the conversation, is interested in the conversation, and is potentially going to look into doing something because it is an area that I think that there is uh, that there is growth to again that entire depth and breadth of the game. Yeah, the simulator, and I can I can also see that that uh, a a big part of our game design team they're also uh, really interested in in economics. Uh, we recently have had, for example, CCP Nawal, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, is I would in Icelandic I'd say Nagwal, but like Nawal is yeah, it's in <laughs> Portuguese. Yeah, and it's yeah, a, so he, it's, it's he, a type of he recently joined, and and he seems really uh, into into economy and and like virtual economy. So it's it's definitely good to see guys like that join us. Uh, Fossey has also been been really interested in, and really mindful about the economy on, on on the stuff he's working on. And there are there are definitely more that I'm not mentioning. You're forgetting Ghost, who actually came from that industry, right? Yeah, he came from the. Uh, he, he was at the. Uh, he was chasing uh, the bankers, more or less. Oh, um, no, he can chase us in game. That would be fun. Yeah, See, exactly. he can he, he can help create the uh, the Eve SEC or something. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the kind of things he was doing in real life. So you said uh, earlier that you'd been playing Eve before you uh, were at CCP. Now you're at CCP. You 
obviously can't do market stuff, but were you actually in, did you actually do market stuff in Eve before you uh, joined? Yep, I I did uh, a lot of trading, a lot of industry. Uh, after joining CCP, I have done neither. <laughs> obviously, not trading. I want to do in, start doing industry. I haven't done industry in in uh, in the new in new Citadel. So so that's I, I was always. It was so frustrating for me when I was doing, I had like 10 production characters and I had to log every single one in when I was doing, for example, invention. It's a tedious process of installing all these jobs, like 10 jobs per character. And then you take that and you have to do 10 production jobs per character. Uh, you have to then go into every one of them to, to release it, like to get the stuff when the job finishes. It was just so much of a hassle. You had to move everything manual be between hangers in, in your pause. Uh, Cerodelks make it so much easier for, for doing industry. So I definitely want to do that again. But trading is something that I, I can't ever do while I'm at CCP because like it was one of the first, I remember one of the first things that I did when I joined CCP because I had been trading uh, I bought uh, a stockpile of uh, guidance systems, for example, and I was a little bit late to the party. Remember when we introduced planter interaction, it went from costing like 600 from NPCs uh, to costing 18,000 to produce or something. I can't know. I can't remember the exact specifics, but it was a huge increase and a lot of people did the math before the patch and bought up stockpiles. I, I was late to the party and bought up stockpiles in, in pretty expensive ones. And they stayed like that for like four or five years or something. I was just thinking, when is it ever going to increase? It was just always like, it was trading at 70% at maybe the, the actual production value of it. So it made no sense to produce them. You'd be operating at a 30% at a loss. Uh, so one of the first thing I did when I joined CSB was actually looking at how much is this stockpile we're talking about. And it turned out to be that in the in that current consumption of, of a guidance system back then, it would take us 12 years to deplete the, the stockpiles. So I, I went with that information to our game designers and they introduced them into the uh, deployable structure. So the, the stockpile started running out quickly after that. So it, it, it's, yeah. So that's, it's just a thing that, that having complete information over everything, these peers absolutely can't trade, do any, any major trading. It, it was, it would be like, as, as A also told me when I started, like I was on a, he just immediately put me on a list where I was on live monitoring and internal affairs. He didn't want to have another <laughs> big case of a dev just uh, valuing the game more than his job. Yeah. So thank you very much for coming on, uh, CCPCon. It's been really fun to have you chatting. Tibbs is going to tell us a little bit about uh, upcoming EVE stuff. Oh, Absolutely, yes. my pleasure coming here. It was really fun talking to you guys. And sorry for the confusion on FanFest when apparently eight people didn't get into the into yeah. the roundtable session. Impressed. It was a sad thing because I like no one knew the doors were locked, and even even CCP Fossey and K he came in like 
five or ten minutes too late and, and the doors weren't locked then and, and then yeah he and locked he them on his way in apparently <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm gonna be mindful about this next time just if i see anyone yes. hovering outside i'm just gonna drag them in yes i want to be able to get in next time yeah absolutely <laughs> So yeah, tips over Thanks to you. Thanks very much for having me, guys. It's a, That's great, Gordon. It's a pleasure, Gordon. It was, it was great meeting you, Fanfest. It's great to speak to you again. You That's, too. Uh, um, so uh, moving on to other game activities um, in the UK. It's May Day Bank Holiday Weekend, uh, which is a celebration that stems from the old Roman May Day holiday uh, for the beginning of the summer season. And it looks like EVE players all over the world are also holding a bunch of meets uh, with six meetups this week in the next week alone. Um, the DCVA MD meetup is happening today at 6 p.m. at the World of Beer in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, the DFW April Eve meet is at the Twisted Root and I keep getting my tongue twisted over this. Carlton? I want to say Carlton, Carleton. but it's not. That's the one, Texas. Um, that's at the Twisted Root Burger, um, and that is tonight again from uh, 7 p.m. Uh, the Houston Monthly Eve Meet uh, is kicking off at 8 p.m. at the King's Head Pub, uh, which is where they usually meet up. Uh, and then the Eve Vague Las Vegas, not the CCP Vague Las Vegas meet, but uh, a player one uh, is being held on the 30th of April. Uh, that location, that's tomorrow, um, but they haven't updated it on the uh, Eve meet yet. But uh, keep an eye out for that. They should be updating that soon. Uh, there's a Toronto monthly meetup uh, next weekend on May the 6th uh, from 1 p.m. at the Jack Astor and John. And uh, then there's the, a brand new meet, uh, the Abba Eve pub meet, which is in Aberdeen, Scotland, on the 6th of May as well at 4 p.m. too. Um, also for in-game stuff, uh, tournaments and things, the finals of the Anger Games start for this weekend. It's the last weekend with the uh, first part of the brackets tonight. Um, the first matches are kicking off at 8 p.m. You can watch those on uh, the Imperium Twitch. Uh, the loser and in the loser brackets we have Red Alliance, Asian Squad, The Initiative, Better Off Red, Vader, and uh, the All Star Team of Rogue One, which includes people like DBRB, um, fighting to keep their places in the tournament. And then at 9 p.m. the winners bracket kicks off uh, with the EVNT team versus Templis. That should be a pretty good match. Uh, and Spooky Action versus uh, uh, what's that? Spooky Action. At a, oh, that's the team name. Spooky Action at a Distance is the team name. <laughs> that was a bit of a mouthful. Uh, versus the Reavers, which should also be a cracking match at 9.30. Um, and that is to decide which of the two teams get to remain in the undefeated brackets uh, for their fast track to the finals. So uh, check those out on the Imperium Twitch uh, from 8pm uh, tonight. Okay. Thanks, Tibbs. And thanks, everyone else, for coming along. And I think that's just about it, uh, it, it for this week. We've got... Um, Minxie on next week talking about wormholes and exploration. So thanks Dirk and everyone else and anyone got anything they want to say before we disappear off? Protect the weebs. Protect the weebs. All hail the weeb overlord. <laughs> you guys actually start shooting each other please. <laughs> That's not what it's about. Oh I'm sorry, oh. it's just about dank forum warring apparently. The weeb war. <laughs> It's all about the babes, that's what it's about. Just kill each other already. Stop talking about and kill each other. <laughs>